All right, team, super pumped for this week's episode where I sit down with Laura McCaskill, Senior Product Marketer at Stitch Fix, who gives us a behind the scenes look at how the company successfully leverages marketing personalization to interact with customers in a way that feels personal and human. Laura will share what marketing personalization actually means and looks like in the context of launching Stitch Fix's newest feature, Shop by Categories. Stitch Fix has really reinvented the apparel industry by leveraging data science and a human touch to bring personal style to the masses. So when I had the idea to do an episode on marketing personalization, Stitch Fix was far and away best suited to show us how it's done. This episode, along with all previous episodes, can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or on the ShareBird website. This podcast is in partnership with ShareBird. ShareBird is a peer mentoring platform for product marketers. There are so many great resources on there. There's a job board, AMAs, so definitely go check it out. And if you're loving the podcast or have any feedback, I would really love to connect feel free to drop me a note on LinkedIn, or you can email us at podcasts at sharebird.com. I'm super excited. We have some more incredible interviews coming up, a fantastic lineup, but enough from me. Let's dive in and get a behind the scenes look. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Scenes Consumer Product Marketing, brought to you by ShareBird. I'm your host, Meredith Davis, and today we're going to get a behind-the-scenes look at one of the most radical data-driven retail companies to date, Stitch Fix, and the launch of their newest feature, Shop by Categories, giving customers a completely new way to shop on the platform. Personal styling is usually an in-person experience delivered by retail stores. However, Stitch Fix aims to reinvent the 334 billion U.S. apparel industry by bringing personal styling to the masses using data and machine learning to deliver personalization at scale. And that leads me to really what we're going to focus on today. Today, I want to talk about marketing personalization because Stitch Fix is one of the best examples of companies that have done this well. There is no question about it. The digital revolution has changed the way people do and respond to marketing. And our marketing strategies have evolved drastically over the past few years. Customers are constantly bombarded by all kinds of information these days and hundreds of brands clamoring for the attention nonstop. So it's only natural that we tune out most of that, especially when we don't find it personally relevant to us. This means that if you're trying to reach out to your audience with generic in-personal content, you're missing out on a huge opportunity to engage them and encourage them to stay with you in the long run. Communicating with laser focus on what they like, what they're interested in, is really your best bet to win and retain them. And that's where personalization comes in. Marketing personalization means interacting with your audience and customers in a way that feels personal, human, taking into consideration their likes, preferences, and interests. Stitch Fix's main selling point is truly that personalization. And because of that, customers are more than willing to offer up personal information as well as feedback and reviews on products in order to receive that service that is truly unique to them. That is why I couldn't be more excited to get a behind-the-scenes look at how Stitch Fix leverages marketing personalization with Lara McCaskill. 
Lara is Senior Product Marketing Manager at Stitch Fix and is in charge of bringing all of Stitch Fix's new products and features to market and most recently launched Stitch Fix's most recent product offering, Shop by Categories, giving clients the ability to buy directly from recommended outfits and items. So Laura, it is so great to have you here. Thanks, Meredith. It's great to be here too. Okay, so for the Stitch Fix fans out there who might want to live vicariously through you, we need some insider scoop. What kinds of clothing perks do you get at Stitch Fix? Like, I'm imagining here that this is like my friends who work at Sephora who Mm -hmm. come home with bags and bags of products that they don't even know what to do with. Is that your situation? We do get a healthy employee discount, which I probably (laughs) take way too much advantage of. And pre-COVID times, we had these amazing sample sales and they would basically block off this huge space in the office. The merch team did an incredible job. They would literally bring in all these racks of clothing and you would have grab bags. And it was like $30, I think, if you could fill the whole bag. I mean, people would go bananas. It was actually really stressful because it gets really hot in the room and you're just trying to grab all the things as much as you possibly can. And people had strategies ahead of time. They would create teams to find certain sizes. It was intense. You're Um, trying not to be like animalistic in front of your coworkers. Yeah. I mean, like the claws come out, but it's kind of like fair game game, to be honest. But I've snagged a few great pieces there, like a $10 really fancy blazer or something. And it's always fun when you're walking around the office and you see people and you're like, oh, I love that shirt. And they're like, sample sale, $10. (laughs) I always love going to white elephants over the holidays. And that person from Sephora, now clearly I need to connect with someone from Stitch Fix who shows up and like (laughs) the budget is $25. But that person comes with like all the best stuff and it's like stolen three times during the game. I don't give my stuff away at White Elephants, but maybe that's a new strategy I should deploy. You never know. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let's kick things off. I checked out your website and it was so informational, so educational. And I feel like in COVID times, we do strange things. And I feel like both of us actually have pretty similarly created strange things during the pandemic. Me with this podcast and you with your blog and your website. And I really found it helpful with the resources shared around books and podcasts and product marketing groups. And I know that you're really passionate about this concept of influencing without authority. And I absolutely felt this was shown and represented through your website. So for those who are trying to bring a voice to the space, what are your tips so far? You know, it's really fun that you ask that because this just started organically. For a lot of us over the last year, we've been finding new creative outlets and ways to just let it all out, I guess. I don't know. I had all these ideas in my head and I was like, I just want to put this out there. I just want to share my thoughts. And I think it was also just through connecting with other product marketers or product managers through ShareBird or Product Marketing Alliance. And people were asking, what should I read? Or what are good podcasts? Or what are good newsletters? And I'm like, oh, I know I I get all of these these things. I'm just going to put them all down in a list. And then talking to a friend, she was like, you really should do blog posts. If you really want to put this content together, you need to make some blog posts. I was like, oh, that's a commitment. So I've done a few. I think for me, it's just about what topics are coming to mind. What's really bubbling up for me at work, like any particular theme of something I'm maybe struggling with or really getting into the weeds of. Like I was doing this strategic presentation training last year, and that was something that I really put a lot of time into. And I was like, this is something I I feel like I want to share because I felt like, am I the only person who's having this type of experience where I did PowerPoints one way and now I'm learning to do them in a completely different way? <laughs> um, 
Those damn PowerPoints. Yeah. And like, and it was a shared experience with like my colleagues at Stitch Fix, but I was wondering like, is this specific to Stitch Fix or is this just my own particular experience that I never knew how to do it this way? And so that just became the genesis of it. I mean, I think it's just, if you have an idea, just start to put it down and don't be afraid to put it out there and then ask friends, ask colleagues for feedback and just go for it. That's my only advice. What's the worst that can happen? People don't like it. You're like, okay, great. Walk away. Right. It's like pushing aside your insecurities or potential fears of not being higher up enough in the industry or have enough connections. That's been one of the beauties of starting this podcast is really helping to elevate and bring more of a voice to the space. So I love that you created your blog and your website. Everyone go check it out. Cool. Okay. So before we dive into the recent launch of Shop by Categories, for those who might not be aware, how did Stitch Fix work before Shop by Categories? And what type of customer feedback were you starting to see that started to lead you in this direction? So Stitch Fix's offering has always been about working with a personal stylist who's going to pick out five items for you based on all your personal preferences, your size, your fit, your style, your budget, and then data science is powering that. And then in 2019, we launched the direct buy offering where Clients could come in and shop personalized outfit recommendations. So if they've kept a sweater or a top from Stitch Fix in the past, we would serve up real-time recommendations of an entire outfit styled around that piece. So it was a really great way for clients to get more out of the existing Fix offering. And so with categories, we wanted to expand upon that and we wanted to serve additional client needs. We knew from feedback that clients were asking to be able to shop for a specific type of item. You know, they would come in and they would love this kind of browse and discover element of shop your looks where they could find something in an outfit. You know, you kind of don't know what you're going to get. It's a little bit like window shopping. And then you find something really exciting that you love because right. is really great at that. And then you're like, okay, great. But if you have more of like a higher intent and you're thinking, I actually want new sweaters or I want new tops to refresh my wardrobe or whatever the case may be. If you have that little bit higher intent of a specific type of thing in mind, you might find find it in Shop Your Looks prior to categories launching, but now you definitely can. And so now clients can actually find items in the specific categories and it's all personalized just for everything that a client is looking for. And how did you start to collect this data or kind of like talk to customers and what were you hearing from them that led to you saying, people have these more specific needs when they need to find a dress, they really need to find a dress. Yeah. So we collect data in a lot of different ways at Stitch Fix, and it's really woven into the product experience, which makes it so data rich and to get those insights. We have feedback directly from the fix, feedback from any of the purchases you've made in Shop Your Looks. We have actually a widget on the shop experience today where people can just it's like a little sentiment button and you can fill it out and people can say, I want more blazers or I want to see more dresses or I'm looking specifically for this type of thing. And that was the theme that we started to pick up in that direct feedback. And then additionally, you know, we've done research to understand what do people really love about Shop Your Looks and then what would they like to see more of? And overwhelmingly, the feedback was, I just want more. I want to be able to do more, <laughs> which is great feedback to have. It's a great problem. They're not dissatisfied with the current offering 
suffering. In fact, they love it so much. They just want to see more. So many companies are dying to get their customers to give them feedback. And it's a really big challenge for many. But with Stitch Fix, 80% of customers leave feedback on returned items, on what they're looking for, which is really a testament to the level of investment they have in the service. How do you think through that? I think it's just really telling about the relationship and the responsibility we have to deliver that really delightful client experience. So when you sign up for Stitch Fix, you're signing up to get a service, right? And in order for us to really deliver that service in a meaningful way, we have to be your partner. You have to trust us. So it's a lot of it's about relationship building, which is what you see in the marketing experience when you're coming into Stitch Fix and you first join and start your journey with us. And people have really strong strong relationships and connections with their stylists, which is so amazing to see. They get these very personal notes from their stylists. They love interacting with them and they tell them a lot. It's like this reciprocation. They get very personalized experience. And so then they're willing to share more to get a more personalized experience. It just builds off of that. And as we've expanded upon the offering, just allowing for more areas for us to connect with the client in that way, where they can share that feedback, whether it's in the checkout process or leaving reviews how did you like this item when they're going through the returns process or they're finalizing their, their checkout and people see it. It's like, we personalize the experience. They give more feedback. They see how much more personalized it gets. Yeah. And it's the personalization piece is becoming not just a competitive advantage, but really something that customers are beginning to expect from more and more companies. And I saw that there was a Deloitte study that said that 31% of customers say that they wish their shopping experience was more personalized than it currently is. And only 22% are satisfied with the level of personalization they currently get. And on top of that, they found that 36% of customers are interested in buying personalized products and will even wait longer to receive it. Does this align with what you're seeing? Oh, 100%. I mean, I think we have so many capabilities to deliver on a really personalized experience just with tech enablement across retail, across e-commerce. And so many companies say they're doing it, but they're not actually doing it because they haven't figured it out. And with Stitch Fix, we are in just such a great position to actually be able to deliver on that because we have the data, because we build those relationships and we have that partnership with the client. So they're willing to share with us so that we can bring them that experience that's super personalized. And I think it's one thing to say you're personalized because a lot of retailers or a lot of direct-to-consumer offerings, they want to say they're personalized because they want to be, but you have to show it. You can't just say it. Right. So that actually leads me to this lengthy questionnaire that for many would be a barrier to entry, but I've gone through that questionnaire and I'm willing to give so much information, like my lifestyle, body type, my age, location, whatever Stitch Fix wants to know about me in order to get these really personalized recommendations. How did you use these insights and this data to think through shop by categories? Yeah. So all of the data that is collected from the onboarding profile, we call it the style profile. That is what powers a lot of the algorithm that's going to deliver those personalized recommendations. So that's like at the core of what Stitch Fix is delivering on. And people are willing to complete it and give us that information because finding clothes that you like, that you're, you're spending money, right? You're like, I don't want to spend money on stuff that I'm not going to like, or is not going to make me happy, or I'm not going to feel good wearing it. So there's this, you know, 
know, idea that you can get a better experience, people are willing to share that information because the end result is just so powerful. If you could always get clothes that are just going to be right for you, you don't have to spend so much time browsing or searching or just being frustrated because stuff just doesn't fit right or make you feel good. I will say I got this awesome jacket back in 2013, 2014, still wear it to this day, still get compliments, stitch fix fave. That's great. I need to see this jacket because I might have the same one. (laughs) It's maroon. I'll send you a picture after this. Great. So I know that obviously data science is really at the core of Stitch Fix. What do you think is the working relationship between data science and product marketing? It's a very important one. (laughs) I mean, I have so many important partners. I think that's what's fun about product marketing is you get to sit in the middle and the intersection of so many different teams and roles. And with product marketing, it's interesting because for data science, I'm actually working with multiple different data science teams. And I'm working with the data science team that's sitting on the product side where they are looking to understand, you know, what are we going to test and learn with this product experience that we're trying to stand up? And what are we measuring to, to know that we're going to be confident in launching this experience? So I have to work really closely with them to understand what are the product learning objectives and where marketing could be playing a role if we're talking about in-product promotions or in-product copy, like that sort of thing. Like what role does marketing play in whatever test or experiment design they're coming up with? And then on the marketing side, I'm partnering with data science. We're powering growth and the CRM teams. And so we're thinking about when I'm standing up my marketing campaign, what are we going to test and learn on the marketing side? What messaging strategies do we want to test and understand? And that's where I need to work with data science to really validate, like, is this learning objective that we're going after achievable? Can we actually do that and get to power and really understand and measure that with significance? Or are we only going to have like a directional read and it's not really truly going to give us the insights we're looking for? So that's just some of the examples of how I work with data science. But without them, I think I would be probably flying a little bit blind, especially in the marketing right. side, because, because I just would be like, I think this looks good. Right. <laughs> and so this test and learn cycle with data science, can you share an example of what this looked like for this launch? What did the process look like? Yeah. So for categories, we knew from client feedback that we had this huge opportunity to serve this higher intent shopping need. And we wanted to do it in a way that was really personalized, of course, and unique to Stitch Fix. And so initially we were thinking like, can we make this really engaging and fun? And we have this widget as part of the style shelf. And we have this product as part of Stitch Fix experience that if you're a Stitch Fix customer, you're probably familiar with it. It's called style shuffle. So it's this little like gamification thing where you can rate items and it's it's fun to play because you're just like Tinder for clothes, but with right, zero. Right, you're swiping through. Exactly. Zero commitment. Um, Doesn't go on your credit we, card. No. And, and it's a great data collection mechanism. That's actually what it's for. So it powers a lot of the data that's fueling all the recommendations that Stitch Fix can deliver to a client. And so we initially were thinking, okay, let's make categories really interactive and have people play with style shuffle to personalize the recommendations they would shop for a category. And so that was one thing that we were testing and learning into. And then we saw that it was actually confusing for clients. They didn't know why they're rating the items. They were kind of stuck and frustrated because they couldn't just see the categories of what they wanted to shop. So it actually introduced too much friction in the process. And so- Right, like you didn't have that immediate gratification like you're swiping through Tinder and it's a match. It's like you're waiting on the other side for the great denim jacket to heart you back. 
Exactly. Yeah. Too many swipes to get a heart back, I think. It's <laughs> kind of the end the the story there. So we test and learn a lot of what we do. And that was part of the journey of really bringing categories in its current form to the product experience. And so we wanted to simplify and we knew we had the data to power it in a really personalized way, even without Style Shuffle. So you could still play Style Shuffle throughout the experience. Like that's very much a core of what we want people to do, but you can also just come in directly and shop by a specific category. Okay. So you do this test and learn, you recognize what you need to build, and then you start working on the messaging and narrative behind this launch. And there seems to be this focus or there seems to be a really interesting message that is used for shop by categories, which is this concept of you go shopping with a friend and you see something in the store, you immediately pull it off the rack and you look at them and say, oh my God, this is so you. That mentality of, oh my God, this is so you was really one of the driving forces behind this campaign. Can you share a little bit about how the messaging took shape here? What were some of the frameworks that you use to go about it. Yeah. So this one was challenging in the sense that we wanted to be deliberately higher intent than the existing Shop Your Looks offering, because that to me and to a lot of us is really about browsing and discovering. And it's this very kind of fun, serendipitous shopping experience. But now we're introducing something that's a little bit higher intent. But we also know our long-term vision. If you think of a spectrum where Shop Your Looks and browsing and discovering is kind of on the left, it's like, we'll see what I'm like, that's very serendipitous shopping. Shopping. And then over on the right is this like uber high intense. I specifically need a black dress that is knee length and sleeveless or whatever the case may be. And it's like my shop- bridesmaid nightmare right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's like a very specific type of use case, but we know we want to be able to serve those in the future. And that is North Star vision of where we want to go is serve all shopping needs in a very personalized way. But so with categories, if you think of the spectrum, it needed to sit kind of in the middle, but maybe a little bit to the left, not quite super high intent, but definitely higher intent than what we had today, but definitely higher intent than what we previously had. So the framework that I used was draw, literally, I'm a very visual person. So for me, I I wish we had had a whiteboard in all these meetings that I was in. I know I miss whiteboards so much right now. (laughs) So I painstakingly like, okay, I'm going to sketch this into some kind of PowerPoint, Google slide situation and draw up the spectrum so that people could really orient like, okay, here's where we are today. Here's where we want to be in the future. And here's where we're going right now. And that helped really anchor everyone in, okay, I know the use case that we're solving for. I know what clients are expecting when they come into this experience based on this. The second thing that I did was give multiple options. So two different options. We could sit like slightly to the right on the spectrum. We could sit slightly to the left on the spectrum. Where do we feel most comfortable going right now so that we are really delivering on the client promise? and helping them understand what this experience is going to be about. And so from there, the third thing that I did was working with my creative team to develop sample ads and copy. So you could really see it come to life because I think a lot of people, sometimes if you don't breathe positioning day in and day out, you're like, is this the marketing message? Like, what am I looking at? Right. You look at like a value prop, three reasons to believe in a brief and it just doesn't come to life. 
So I think bringing it to life really helps people understand the context of like, okay, this is how it's going to show up in an email. This is how it's going to come through in a Facebook ad. And that's where it really starts to take shape. And so that was kind of the framework and the approach that I used. And my creative team did phenomenal work on this and really landed on some of those key pieces of messaging where we want it to be. This is the piece that is so you. It's like you come into a store full of sweaters that are just picked for you and you're going to find a sweater that is so you or like that's the sweater that you are going to love. Right. And I mean, when I saw some of these ads, the messaging was so succinct and so short. You know, I think it's really easy for marketers to throw words at the wall, see what works, see what sticks. But this was shop style Rex for you and buy favorites instantly. I think, you know, it's like six words that perfectly describe exactly what the customer wants. Was that hard for you to get so succinct on the messaging or is that something that you're just naturally good at? (laughs) I mean, I provide the framework and I give all the context and the guidance to my copywriters, my creative team. They really bring it to life and they do such an amazing job. I think we do sometimes get tripped up. If what we're trying to explain is too complicated and we can't stuff all that information into a tiny little Facebook ad where there's a reason why you only want to put so many words there is because people see, they glance at it for probably like three to five seconds. And we like to incorporate motion and video and grab people's attention that way. And we also have the benefit of being able to highlight really awesome, exciting clothing, which is like the fun part. But the words, we definitely have to be super concise and very to the point. And I think, you know, if we can't do that in a meaningful way, then yeah, we're, we're not going to set ourselves up for success. (laughs) And kind of like talking about the go-to-market for this, I know that you leaned heavily into Facebook, Instagram, Google Display, and email. What were some of your takeaways or learnings from working with those very specific channels for this launch? So I'm really lucky that we had to be able to work with phenomenal growth and CRM teams where we have such a robust growth engine at Stitch Fix. You know, it's really been built over the years of testing and learning into what works to drive the fix business. And over the last year, we have expanded how we're running advertising to drive clients into the shop experience. So for me, it was almost like, okay, what do we want to test and learn? And how can we do that across these channels? I really fortunate to be able to just plug into the existing channels that we know work well, and then kind of push the boundaries boundaries and see how we could get creative. Like what does categories do for us that we couldn't previously do with some of our other shop campaigns? We could run dynamic product ads on Facebook and Instagram, which is that like swipe carousel situation and really highlight specific items in a way that we hadn't previously been able to do before. So that's something really exciting that I was really happy to be able to lean into that was a new way for us to set that up. And were you the one who kind of came to all of these channel specific teams and say, okay, like here is my strategy or here's my suggestion. We need email, we need SEO. And then they partnered to deploy it or how did product marketing show up as a good partner here? 
Yeah. So my partners were very heavily matrixed. I am the only person in marketing who's a hundred percent dedicated to this launch, right? Like I'm the person who cares the most and my partners have other day jobs. Like what right. I'm asking them to do is probably like 10, 15, maybe 25% of what they're doing. And they're like, okay, Laura, we'll get you what you need. Right. But so I have to like bring them along on the jury and get them really excited and interested in wanting to work on this because this may be competing with the other priorities, but I am excited to tell them about the story of categories and what this can unlock for us from a marketing storytelling perspective and making sure that they're fully brought on board to understand what is the product experience? How is this fundamentally going to change how clients interact with us? What does this mean from an advertising perspective, like in the specific types of ads we run? Are there new things that we can try? And so SEM was another big unlock for us because we hadn't yet been able to really do that in a meaningful way with the specific categories, you know, how people are searching for clothing. That's a new thing that we we can lean into and the dynamic product ads that I mentioned. That's another great way that we can showcase what we're offering here. So I'm bringing all of these ideas to my channel partners, but then I'm also leaning on them heavily to say, this is what we think is going to make the most sense. This is how this could come to life. They're thinking through the specific creative formats or what we're going to feature in the ads because they are the subject matter experts on what resonates, what performs well. And so it's this really symbiotic relationship, I think, where I'm bringing to them, here are all the new product capabilities abilities and the experience that we're going to deliver. And they're bringing back to me, okay, here's how we can stand this up and what it's going to look like when it comes to life. Got it. And and so this is coming to life now, this week. This is actually the first podcast I'm recording where the product literally launches the day that we record, which is <laughs> awesome. I'm super excited. What are your metrics for success? Like what does success look like? Yeah. So we are looking to observe, you know, of course, revenue is a huge component of that. We want to look at revenue. Like, are we driving increased revenue? But also what are we learning from a performance perspective? How much are people engaging with the emails? What kind of incremental revenue are we driving from the specific emails? Are there emails with particular messaging or creative that are resonating more? Same thing on the paid ad side. Like what are people interacting with? Because we have so many categories that we're standing up, we can showcase the creative of all these different categories. Something I'm really curious to learn is, are there specific categories that are going to bring in a particular client segment and get them to convert to shopping, whether they shop from that category or not, or they just like explore the realm of shop within Stitch Fix and like go wild. And what are those categories that are bringing them in? And then what are the categories that people are ultimately like most excited to shop from? I mean, my bet is on athleisure and right. active because that's what I'm shopping right. for. Right that's now. what I'm wearing right now. <laughs> But we'll see, you know, maybe people are like, it's spring. I want to shop more dresses and jumpsuits. That's really interesting. And I'm sure it's going to change. I, I feel like I'm pretty much done with athleisure. I've bought it all. And now I'm just waiting. I'm saving my money for when the world opens back up and I can just go wild on dresses, blouses, you name it. I'm going to have it. Yes. I'm very much looking forward to that time when Do it comes hopefully soon. Yeah, right. You mentioned like certain segments buying certain categories. Do you have any thoughts on what kind of segments or audiences are going to be more engaged with certain products? 
So I think that's something we're still trying to learn as much as we can to really tailor and personalize our marketing strategy and how we are reaching and engaging these clients. So we think of our clients today, we've got active fixed clients who, you know, they're active, they're getting fixes regularly. And then we've got active shop clients and you can be both. You can be active and fix and active and shop. And then we've got the never shopped population. So they may be active with fix, but they haven't yet converted into shop. And so that's what I think we're looking to learn the most about is how do we get these customers interested and activated to shop directly from Stitch Fix and bring them a product experience that they're ultimately going to love and be really engaged with. So I think with categories, that's something that we're looking to see, like what's the thing that's going to really activate that group and get them excited to purchase. So you're going to be collecting these insights you just launched. Uh, you're going to be probably running 120 miles an hour while you're wanting to take a vacation after launching this thing. What is the next step? What are you really excited about or anxious about And now that you've launched? Yeah. So the next step, I think for me, I'm just having launched. I'm super anxious. I'm like the annoying coworker who's going to be pestering my channel partners. Like, Hey, how's the email performance looking? Did you, right. how many sends did we get yet? They're like, it's been an hour. Stop. You're like not statistically <laughs> significant yet. <laughs> like talk to me in a few days, but all that aside, no, I mean, I think it's pulling together just like a quick early snapshot of early observations that we might be seeing of like particular categories that are seeing strong performance, where marketing may be seeing strong performance. I think the email side, we can get an early read on because those go out quicker than say on the paid side, it takes some time to ramp up and really see what's happening there. And then I think on the product side, you know, we are not done. This is just the first step into expanding our categories and there's a lot more to come. And it, that I think is the thing that's really exciting and just seeing how much we're going to expand this offering in the coming months. It's going to be a wild time, but it's going to be really, really exciting to see that come to life too. And in all of these launches, there's always missteps, mistakes, and learnings along the way. And now that Shop by Categories has just launched, is there anything that you can look back on so far that you would do differently or you'd want to implement in the future? I think personally speaking, I can get tripped up when we're in such a fast paced environment and sprinting really quickly. And I'm not taking the time to really pause and say, do we really understand what we're trying to solve for? And is everyone aligned on the approach? I think I'm jumping into execution mode because I'm like, we got to get these things done. We got to hit our deadlines, right? But if you're moving too quickly like that and you get further down the process, like things are going to fall apart. You're not going to be aligned on your positioning. You have to go back and rework it. And so for me, like that was honestly, that was truly part of the learning journey that I went on with this one. And I think next time things I would do differently, like, yeah, get that alignment up front, make sure we're taking the time to really think through what are we trying to solve for? And are we aligned on that approach? And then the communication piece, I think about how informed are my partners and does everyone have the information they need to have to execute against it? And you can quickly identify identify like when people don't have that information, weird questions are coming up and you're like, you didn't know that you didn't know that. And so then really thinking through like, what is my internal comms plan and how am I bringing all of my cross-functional partners along on the journey? And also identifying, do I have all the right people here? Am I communicating that to people? So hopefully we learn through all of these. I think that's like probably the most interesting thing about the job is that we learn through these launches. No one's perfect. And we get those key learnings and then we apply them for the next one. 
Right. And I think that internal communications piece is so important. It's so easy to forget when you're focusing on the customers and just launching the the product. But in terms of the internal communications, what did that specifically look like for you? Was that weekly emails? Are you on, you know, slacking in a group? Was that a presentation deck that you tagged people in? What was that? Yes, yes, and yes. Yeah, yeah, right. All, all <laughs> of the above. I like to... I will take the approach of like over communicate as much as possible because you can always dial it back. People will say like, Hey, I have what I need. Thanks. Like they'll let you know if you're over communicating, if you're under communicating, like people just get confused and then it just makes your jobs harder. I think a kickoff is really critical. Getting all your partners in the room, your growth partners, your CRM partners, creative teams, products, and algos. We call data science algos. Yeah. It's like inside. I figured. (laughs) Um, Getting them all in the same room to kick off and say like, here's the marketing side of what we're standing up. And this is why it matters. So everyone has that same baseline context of like, okay, this is what we're marching towards. And this is when we're trying to do it. And then weekly email updates. Like I think people probably give the weekly status email a bad rap because it's kind of annoying and maybe people have seen it done poorly in the past. But I think of it as like, if I ran into to my senior leadership team or our president or the CEO, Katrina, in the elevator. And I had 45 seconds to tell them what's going on with categories today. Boom, boom, boom. I should know the answer to all of those things and I should be able to tell them. So it's really just about keeping the right people informed of where you are in the process, what's coming up next, what are big milestones and really like, why do they care? Like, are there things that need to be unblocked? Are there things you need their assistance with? So I think the weekly email updates, try them, get more exposure that way. Just start adding people to the list because the more people who have visibility into what you're doing, the more people are going to be interested in it. I love that. And in this next year, what are you looking forward to most with your time at StitchFix? I think seeing just the increased expansion of where we're taking the shop offering, there's so much more that I think this team is really excited to build and launch. Bringing new clients into the experience is also going to be really exciting. So hopefully a lot more to come there. I think just we're at the very beginning of launching a really rich experience where people can get truly personalized shopping in a super meaningful way. I love that. This has been so awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show. I know that the marketing team is growing over there at Stitch Fix. So if people are interested, how do they connect with you? Yeah, people can reach out to me on LinkedIn. You can find me there, but also check out the job listings on Stitch Fix. We are definitely growing our marketing team. So if you're interested, take a look and feel free to reach out to me. All right, everyone, if you're interested in Stitch Fix, learning more, connecting, you know where to find us. It's been so great. And we'll see you all next time. Thanks for tuning in to Behind the Scenes Consumer Product Marketing.